think you are? Hi, this is Brandon Bochinski, and you're listening to Bob Howard on the Power Play Post Show. And now joining us here on the Power Play Post Show, he is uh, a former Calder Cup champion as a player and uh, Kelly Cup champion as a uh, head coach, and now he's the uh, latest head coach uh, Calder Cup champion from the Hershey Bears. He is Bruce Perdreau. Bruce, how are you doing today? Good, thanks, Bob. How are you? I'm doing very good. Now, Bruce, uh, probably the most interesting thing about this year for you and your coaching staff, Bob Woods and yourself, was the fact that this was the first time for, in a long time, for the Washington Capitals to be affiliated with the Hershey Bears. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the, the, the process in the beginning of the season to get this all ready, because sometimes you only have a couple months, maybe even a month, to get ready for the season. Well, I think that part was pretty easy. I mean, Doug Yankst and George McPhee had been talking long long before I came on board. So, I mean, and they knew exactly how many players they had under contract from uh, the previous year. So it was just a, a, a case of them moving from Portland to here. And um, Doug has always signed a couple players on his own, and he signed Marty Wilde, and he signed uh, uh, Dean Arsini. So, I mean, uh, before we even got into free agents, there was a good – you know, you knew there was 16 or 17 players ready to be signed for the team. Was there a point in the uh, regular season where you you guys thought that you had a really good chance of catching the Wilkes-Barre Grand Penguins and possibly winning the, the the division? Well, our goal was always to catch them. I mean, that's we just you know, I mean, they got off to such a great start. I mean, we were always uh, like the you know the the dogs trying to catch the rabbit in the horse race type thing, uh, but. Um, and every time we got close, we'd shoot ourselves in the foot, or Wolfsbury would would take off. But it was it was a great incentive having that carrot above you that uh, always pushed forward because both teams, for the most part, had a 15 point lead, 16 point lead on Bridgeport and, and uh, Norfolk. So you didn't want to ever get complacent. And and with us being able to chase Wilkesbury all the time, we were never allowed to uh, to get complacent. So it. it it made it. It made it that there was always something to fight for. Now, the the only thing I could think of during the regular season that could have ever been a uh, a possible uh, distraction for you guys or a negativity towards your team was how sometimes Louis Robitaille had a negative image with the way he played. Now, I I personally think this is my personal opinion. Every team needs a Louis Robitaille because it it's what makes hockey really fun for the fans and sometimes for the team. Was there ever a point where, for you and Bob Woods, that you guys had to go to Louie and say, you know what, maybe we need to calm it down just a little bit? <laughs> Every second week. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a guy that, uh, you're right, I think uh, everybody needs a Louis Robitaille or a Louis Robitaille type, and he was great for the team when he was focused and when it was about the team. Uh, sometimes, after a while, Louis would get uh, carried away a little bit and, and start doing things uh, that were good for him, but not for the team. And that's when we'd have to take him in and and talk to him, or I'd have to sit him out for a couple games until he got till he learned his lesson. And then he was good again. I mean, but when he was on the top of his game, um, he was as good an agitator as there was in hockey. I mean, uh, I think that, you know he didn't get all the points in the world, and I think he got two assists in the playoffs. But I mean, he had everybody on Norfolk hating him to the point where it was a distraction. For Norfolk to play because they were all looking to get at Louie, and I think the same thing happened against Wilkesbury, and very similar in Portland. So I mean, he he definitely had a spot uh, 
uh, and a place on our team to do what he does best. Yeah, and I, I personally think, once again, uh, every team needs a Louis Robitaille, but when you're playing against a guy like Louis, you're like, oh, man, it really does frustrate you. Now, the first 10 games in the playoffs, you guys almost made it seem very easy, uh, but, but tell us why it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. We were playing really good teams. I, I believe uh, our division, um, one through four, were the best teams in the league. And um, But we early on, A, we're, we're full of energy, and B, we're healthy. Yep. So, I mean, you know, when we were playing at the top of our game, there wasn't a defense in the American League that could control our forwards, which is, you know, why out of the, I think it was 12 out of 21 games, we scored five or more goals. And, you know, I mean, we were just big and strong, and we were good at cycling, and we were good at taking to the net. And and secondly, I think even more important than that, everybody wanted to win. They were all, it wasn't all, you know what, the season is long, I want to go home. Everybody was just so focused on winning and, and getting it done because maybe they didn't have the success the previous two years, and maybe it was because that's all we preached all year is playing for the championship. We're going for the championship. We started that in day one, the very first day of camp. That this was our goal, and uh, um, and so what might have seemed easy really wasn't easy. And if you look at it, uh, we won the first game against Norfolk. The second game was double overtime. Um, the the third game, I thought we won pretty handily, and the fourth game was a very it was an empty net goal game. It was very tough games, and and you can go same thing. And I think Wilkesbury thought because they. They handled us so easily. Both them and Norfolk handled us fairly easy during the regular season that they would during the playoffs. And and uh, Wilkesbury gave away the first two games. And and when they started to come into play, we we just uh, refused to, to to fall down. And uh, um, and I think even Portland had a taste of that. Is is that yeah we had we had the good ten and zero and eight and zero record, but nobody ever believed we were the team was the players were as good as they were. Now, I, I think sometimes with some of the other teams, you take a team like Hartford, where some of their best players in the playoffs were, were some of the rookies. I, I think that in Hershey, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I thought some of the best players were actually the veterans, the, the Colin Forbes, the Brooks Likes, the, the Frederick Cassivis, uh, you know, for you guys in the playoffs. And then the, the rookies kind of just helped out when they needed to, and that's really a great way to help show them how to win is is when you have veterans that are the best players on the team because they should be. Well, I don't totally agree with that. Okay. I mean, I, I will say that we had great veteran leadership, and and to me, Chris Beach and Boyd Kane and Lawrence Nicolette and Mark Watt, and those guys were tremendous leaders. Colin Forbes um was it inconsistent, but he, at uh, you know, when we needed him in the, at the end of the playoffs and in the second round, he was there. Uh, but on the other hand, we got a tremendous effort from Mike Green, who's a first-year guy. Uh, Thomas Fleischman was arguably the best player in the playoffs, and he was a second-year guy, 20, just turned 22. Eric Fair scored, scored eight goals, but he was, um, in the, in the 21 games or 20 that he played, and, and they were big goals at right opportune times. So Jeff Schultz stepped in and, and did a very admirable job. So, I mean, I think we were a team that you can't pinpoint any one reason why we were good and any 
why we won, but I mean, from the goaltending on out, everybody did their job and everybody stayed together. It seemed like in the playoffs, uh, Portland gave you guys the, the biggest fits, and uh, there was there was maybe reasons for or against why they almost were as good as you guys were in the playoffs and everything. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, uh, obviously, the Portland series, but also uh, it seemed like in, in the paper and in the media there was some bad blood between the two teams. Well, I think there became a hatred. In, uh, uh, I mean, I, and I don't think it started in the playoffs. I think we beat them two games here um, in the regular season, and we went up there, and they got most of their players back, and they won a game in overtime, and they, you know, I mean, they were very – cocky group and and then when we we beat them four to one the next night they started some rough house tactics and uh and there was words between the players and and the coaches at that time so that and the fact that our players played in portland last year and freddie Cassivi played against those guys in cincinnati or with those guys in cincinnati i thought was you know a great um story for hey w- w- what better matchup could there be and uh, um and then when we won the first two games, and uh, again there was a lot of a lot of talk by them, and um, you know, I mean, so it was it became a very heated and emotional series that uh, you know will probably go down in the annals of the American Hockey League as one of the better series in recent years. Yeah, absolutely, and even better than the the Calder Cup series. Do you think? Yeah, I think I. You know what? For raw emotion, let's uh, you know we have to understand there was a already against all three teams that we played beforehand there was a history mm-hmm. a history of dislike uh, a history of okay like i mean when we went into wilkesbury we were the bad guys when wilkesbury came into here we were the good guys i mean there was a lot of good and evil in both series but when we played milwaukee we've never played them and i didn't know any of their players they knew, knew none of our players so you had to create the the hatred all we knew is that they were good and uh, um so we played them hard but there wasn't that emotional attachment uh, other than the fact that if you won, you won the Calder Cup. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a good point. And, and in that series with Milwaukee, uh, even coming down to the final game, uh, the one guy that really stood out was Darian Hadar. I mean, he was the only guy that scored in that final game against you guys. And I, and I find that very um, interesting how Darian Hadar just was phenomenal in the playoffs, had 18 goals. And your, your, your thoughts on him, because I really think he's got a great shot at making the NHL next year. Well, he's a pure goal scorer. There's no doubt. And uh, he, when the puck hits his stick, he's got a tremendous release. He knows how to score. I mean, there's a lot of great things uh, about Darren Hadar. He's uh, uh, probably better, but he reminds me an awful lot of Keith the Coin. Yeah. Um, in Lowell, I mean, there's not big. He doesn't play physical. He doesn't get involved in the play, and I think, uh, or in the in the physical part, and that might end up hurting him. Um, down the road when it comes to the NHL. But well, when you're looking at the new NHL and you're looking for gifted scorers, you know, uh, and guys that do it when it, when it counts, Darren Hadar is right up at the top of the list because he led their team in scoring when they won it two or three years ago. Now, there's, a, there's obviously a few guys that will probably make the move from Hershey up into Washington. Um, who, what, what are your thoughts on who those young guys might be that might actually make the graduation up? Well, I think Thomas Fleischman and Mike Green are uh, uh, sure candidates. Uh, I mean, other guys, you know, the the Eric Fairs, um, Brooks Lake will be back up there. Chris Beach has got a good chance. Uh, you know, the secondary guys. I think, you know, I still think like guys like Jacob Kleppish, hmm. um and <clears throat> those uh, Dave Steckel, 
those guys are a little bit further down the road. I hope my battery doesn't run out, by the way. I'm not going to hang up on you, but it might, no, no, no. seems like it's going. So <laughs> I just thought I'd let you know. Okay. Um, you know, I've, I've talked to a few people, obviously, throughout the playoffs, and, and some of the people are starting to compare you to a, to a John Paddock. They, they, because of your career, you've uh, you know obviously won the Calder Cup twice now as a player, now as a coach. You you won in the ECHL. You got the uh, the the Kelly Cup with the Mississippi Sea Dogs. I believe uh, Bob Woods was with you for that one, if I if I remember correctly. And uh, you know you, you're starting to get there. Is is Bruce Boudreau ready for the 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 this, the, 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 uh, the NHL and the National Hockey League? Do I, if if you're asking, do you think I could? coach up there, do I have the knowledge, uh, could I handle the players? I think the answer is yes. Um, but, you know, everything is, there's only 30, 30 jobs in the world at that level, and there's an awful lot of great coaches, and uh, uh, you have to have somebody believe in you, and to the point where, hey, listen, we're putting our all our money on this guy, and, and um, hopefully he can do the job. Now, hopefully someday somebody becomes a GM, that I'm really close to that gives me that opportunity. But uh, as it stands, if you know me at all, I just love work and I love being involved in hockey. And if it was the American League, East Coast League, IHL in the past, whatever, uh, I just I just love to work. So it's uh, it's all good. It's all good right now, too. Bruce, one last thing before I let you go. There is a movie out there called Slap Shots, and you were part of the one of the original Johnstown Jets. Uh, you played one season with Johnstown. Uh, just for some of the younger fans that yeah maybe have seen the movie but doesn't really understand the the the, the feeling of being part of, of that team with the Hanson brothers and whatnot. Talk to me just a tiny bit about that and your experience. It was early in your career, but it must be something you truly remember. Well, yeah, I never thought it would be as big as it is. I mean, uh, uh, it was a great cult movie. I mean, there was a great uh, a bunch of guys. I mean, hockey was different back in 1976 and. Um, uh, the movie has stood the test of time. I think every hockey player has seen it a dozen times. It's sort of uh, the Bible of, of, of movies uh, uh, when you become a hockey player, and people quote it, every line from it all the time. So it was uh, quite an experience. Uh, I think my acting career came and went with one picture, and <laughs> and that's fine by me. Now, you only had 14 penalty minutes. Are you telling me Ogle Oglethorpe didn't get, get at you? No, no. Uh, I was very happy that Ogi wasn't on my team in real life back then. That was he was there the previous two years, and I think he might have been in jail the time that I played down there. That's awesome, Bruce. Congratulations on winning the Calder Cup championship. You and Bob Woods did a phenomenal job with this team this year, and uh, you know we just we just want to wish you the best and congratulations. I appreciate it, Bob. Thanks very much. Thank you, and uh, once again, he is Bruce Pedro. Uh, Calder Cup champion, head coach with the Hershey Bears, and we'll be right back. This is Grady Wittenberg, the voice of the Binghamton Senators. Down here at the base, up they win! Ryan Teller, Kristen, and home! You're listening to the Power Play Post Show. 